coming, folks. Uh, good stuff. Well, it's good to be with you this morning, um, and good to it's good to celebrate uh, our connection with with God the Father today, uh, and to acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior. Uh, today we are continuing our discussion uh, regarding regarding our missions partnerships. So uh, last week we had the chance to focus uh, on our local partnerships uh, that we have uh, in this community. We highlighted several different things that that we do and that are, we are connected to, um, just briefly. Um, but then. Uh, also focused uh, a little bit on a, a new partnership that we're beginning to form with Boise Angels. Um, and so for those of you uh, who were here last week, uh, you had a chance to hear that. If you weren't, uh, those services are, are available on our YouTube channel and on our, on our Facebook page uh, and our group. But this week, we wanted to take some time and focus a little bit wider, actually a, a lot wider, as we focus on global mission partnerships that we have. Uh, but today we want to start in, in the Word of God because it's important that we, that we go there and that we start there each week. So uh, today we're going to a familiar text uh, found at the end of the first gospel, Matthew, in chapter 28. So if you have your Bibles or you have your device, you can point it to Matthew chapter 28. A portion of scripture uh, that concludes that gospel is called the Great Commission, right? Uh, and so I'll be starting at verse 16 and reading to the end. As you are able, would you please stand uh, out of reverence for the reading of God's word uh, as we read together. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16, reading this morning from the Common English Bible. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. The Gospel of Matthew paints this as final instructions, right? What, what would you say if you knew it was your last, last words? Your last moments with the people that you love? This is, this is the sign-off in my, Matthew's Gospel. His basic instructions before leaving earth, right? This is, this is Jesus' last words to his disciples. And what does he say? He says, go. He says, go, you've been with me. We, we, we've journeyed together for three years. This has been our ministry. This has been our time together. And Jesus says, go. Go and make disciples in all the earth, baptizing them. There's nothing like a baptism service, right? When we get to fulfill what Jesus instructed us to do, baptize them, teaching obedience, for I will be with you. I will not leave you. This is what missions is, right? This is what the, the mission of God is on this place that we call earth. That we get to go and, and share the message, that we get to go and tell people, about Jesus. 
And certainly there's, a, there's an aspect of, of us doing that locally. But the scope of Jesus' instructions here is a, is a little wider, a little greater. He says, go into all nations. Earlier, Joy read this passage from, uh, about Elisha and Elijah, right? Elisha was, was just stubborn, <laughs> right? If you're familiar with this text, uh, Elisha was, was the student, uh, and Elijah was the teacher. And, and, and it became clear, I, I'm not sure how, it became clear that it was Elijah's final day on earth. And we read verses 1 through 6, but if you read down to verse 11, uh, the task is completed. <laughs> Elijah, Elijah is whisked away in a fiery chariot, and it says Elijah was taken to heaven. But Elisha said, I'm going to stay. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be by your side. And Elijah's like, you know, this, this is far enough. And Elisha says, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a stubborn, committed presence. I'm going to go with you. And I don't think that there's a better model for missions. That if we're going to be serious about sharing our faith, if we're going to be serious about telling people about Jesus, a stubborn presence is required. That we're going to be with people. We're going to stand by their side. We're not going to let them stray. Like I said, last week we, we welcomed a, a new friend of mine to talk about some lo local missions type of impact that could be made right here in Mountain Home in the Treasure Valley. Today we get to hear from another friend of mine, um, but, but from a global scene. Um, and uh, we're going to hear from a, a gentleman by the name of Monty Sear. Um, I worked with him while I was in college uh, at Boise First, which is now called Tree City, kind of kind of in the heart of the valley, right there on Eagle Road is where they are. Uh, back in those days, we were in, uh, we were in um, youth ministry together. I was learning to become a youth pastor, felt called to be a youth pastor, um, and he was, uh, he was a youth pastor at Boise First, and he gave me the opportunity to work alongside of him. Uh, and so uh, in the first year of working with him, he was called to the mission field. Now, I try not to take that personal. <laughs> <laughs> like six months worth with Trent, and yeah, I'm going to go to the mission field, right? Um, he's, I'm out of here. Um, no, he and his, he and his wife Bethany now serve as missionaries through the Church of the Nazarene. Um, and while I would have loved to do kind of a live interview, um, I just didn't trust our internet connection here in Mountain Home. I don't know if any of you can re resonate with that, or uh, you know, kids doing online schooling, maybe they can vouch for me. I, I just didn't trust uh, our connection to be. Um, it was just a little bit simpler to go ahead and record our conversation. Um, it is kind of a longer video because I wanted to do two things in this video. First of all, I wanted to introduce you to Monty, who's my friend uh, and, and has been a trusted, a trusted mentor for me uh, in my ministry career. Um, but I also wanted to, for you to hear the work that he's doing. Uh, and then I asked him a couple of questions about how we are connected through the Church of the Nazarene, through to, to missions that are happening all over the world. And, and I wanted him to share that because he, he's lived it. 
and he's been a missionary that's been out on the field. Uh, and so uh, because it's a longer video, I'm going to ask for your, your patience. And um, for those of you who are on Facebook Live, we don't have a great viewing angle from the camera to the screen. And I apologize for that. But we will edit this and have it up on YouTube by Monday afternoon, hopefully. So um, anyway, the reason I wanted to show you this video, though, is to remind you, or, or maybe some of you have never heard, the ways in which we are connected as a global church in the Nazarene denomination. Uh, this is a, a connectedness that we need to, to hear more about and that we need to celebrate because as we worship and as we are connected through the Church of the Nazarene, we get to be connected to some pretty amazing things that God is doing around the world. So I'm going to ask you to, to just give your attention to the screen as I introduce you to my friend Monty Sear. I want to welcome you to our service here at Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene. I want to say thanks for taking the time to connect with us. Uh, we're in this journey of, of trying to understand our connectedness together with uh, our missionaries who serve uh, in the Church of the Nazarene. Um, and so based on who you are and my relationship with you, I asked if you would come and just share a little bit. So tell us a little bit about your current assignment. Where are you serving? Uh, what's your role there? Sure. Um, I grew up in Emmett, and so I'm an Idaho boy, and it's been fun to see how God has led us over the years. And after 22 years of missionary service, he's led us to a lot of different places, and uh, starting in Africa and working specifically in the Caribbean, and then uh, eight years ago, moving to here to Guatemala. And we live just outside of Guatemala City, an amazing city, uh, about 4 million people, a lot bigger than Emmett. Uh, but uh, uh, it's a beautiful area where we live. We're surrounded by mountains, uh, volcanoes, very green. Um, today it got to it, about uh, high 70s, lower 80s, and uh, we call it the land of eternal spring. Just a beautiful, beautiful place with incredible people. I love living here, love being with these great folks. The hardest part about living here is having to learn to speak Spanish. I didn't think it was going to be so hard to learn Spanish. But, it is great food, great people, and uh, also wonderful to be part of the church here. We, while we live here in Guatemala, um, our ministry is not just for Guatemala. I serve as the discipleship ministry coordinator for the Mesoamerica region. And the Mesoamerica region is Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean. That's 32 countries. And so uh, typically, um, I would, I, I travel among those 32 countries uh, teaching and training pastors and leaders. As discipleship ministries coordinator, obviously it has something to do with discipleship. I uh, work with our pastors and our leaders as we fulfill the, the mission of the church that has read is to make Christ like disciples of the nations. And so we're working hard at that. And so I work with, with uh, our leaders and our churches and, and, and help them together understand what it means to disciple to be a disciple and to disciple others and so we work a lot with that and and also as part of that my wife Bethany and I we work with the literature side of that also on helping to develop literature resources to help disciple people and whether that's a bible study whether those are Sunday school lessons uh, everything in between for the new believer the, the mature believer and uh, we work with a lot of different languages the major ones are English Spanish French Haitian Creole then there are a variety of other uh, indigenous languages. 
but uh, that's really most of what we do is leadership development, training, and then uh, then working with literature. Awesome. Uh, I have in my mind, and it's a it's a it's a wrong picture, but a picture of a missionary is you know the 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 person who moves to another culture, kind of implants themselves there, and and then tells the people who've never heard about Jesus about Jesus, so that they can they can have faith. And in hearing your role as um, you know discipleship coordinator, it's it it seems more like you're in a different model where where your ministry has become about training those in the culture in which they live then to go and serve and to to be the church together uh is is that an accurate understanding and, and describe maybe the differences in that approach and, and the value of of cultures ministering to their own culture yeah um really foundational to what it means to be a missionary is obviously it's going to be cross-culture in some ways so you know it's it's somebody leaving their culture and going to another culture to help people in that culture. But as you mentioned, our role in cross-cultural ministry has changed over the years. I grew up with that same understanding of what it means to be, a, to be a missionary and to go someplace that you don't know and work with people that you've never met in languages that you don't have a clue what it is and try to figure all that out. And uh, because, of, because of past missionaries doing such a great job of that and the Lord just multiplying uh, people all over the world working in the church that no longer is it for most missionaries that's not their primary role it's to help people who are already in in those cultures who know people better who know the culture who know the language and so yes we most of us missionaries now are spending the most of our time uh, developing leaders helping uh, helping uh, leadership that's there is that's indigenous um, and what a missionary looks like um, you know, in the, in the old model, every missionary was this this preacher guy that would go through the jungles, and that's no longer the case, thankfully. Um, I'm not much of a jungle dude, but um, but you can you can be a missionary and be a farmer, and you can be a, a, a tech guy or a teacher or a preacher, any of those. And so it just depends on the context on how that best is going to work out. But yes, the majority of what we're doing now is helping. Uh, helping uh, people from those countries to minister to people in their own countries. Yeah, um, I I think I asked you this before when we weren't recording, but um, do you remember the the number of world areas and countries that the Church of Nazarene is represented in around the world? Yeah, the last number that I have is 162 world areas that the church is in. Wow. In fact, the, the the general board of the Church of the Nazarene is meeting this month, and I don't know if. That's usually the time when they may even approve others. But right now it's 162 countries, world areas, and we have 700 Nazarene missionaries serving in, in those in those countries around the world. That's pretty great. amazing. Some, some of those areas, too, are, are creative access. In other words, we don't have official status in those areas or in those countries to be there um, sharing the good news of Jesus so they have other, other official reasons of being there, but part of why they've been planted there is to, is to share the good news of Christ. That's yeah, definitely, and that's again that goes back to part of the the definition of what a missionary looks like. You know, obviously, you try to get you try to get permission to go into some of these creative access countries and say, "Hey, I'm a missionary. I'm going to preach the gospel." They're going, "Not a chance." But if you go in as a as a tech guy, as you know, IT, as a teacher, as something else, then yeah, come on in. And then through your life, through your through your witness, you have opportunity to start impacting people for the gospel. Right, a lot more. A lot more organically that way, kind of like yep. like we're called to do anywhere we live, right? Even in, in the home, 
Absolutely. For sure. Uh, tell us a, a couple brief stories of, of impact that your work has had for the leaders of, of that region. I think it's called the Mesoamerican region, the Mexico down through Central America and then over over in the in the Caribbean. Tell us uh, about some of your work there um, and then maybe some ways that we can be specifically praying for uh, countries and, and, and cultures in those in that area. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. Obviously, as you change uh, the forms of ministry that you're in, uh, at, before being a missionary, I was a youth pastor and I had an incredible opportunity to build really great relationships with the people that we, you know, we were with day in and day out. And my responsibilities, I have, I'm not with people, the same group of people day in and day out. And so I have, I, I get to be involved with uh, helping people build their, their abilities but I'm a part of a team, so there are many people that get to do that. But even though I don't get to be with them every day, I get to still see the, the progress and the growth, and I get to see how God is using them and growing them. And one of my favorite parts, places on our region is uh, is Cuba. I love going to Cuba. I love uh, the people there. It's just it's incredible. And uh, and so I, when I started in Cuba, I was working with NYI, and uh, so I'll have all these young leaders gals and gals and guys and be able to just invest my life into them and then be able to watch them over the years um, start take responsibilities not only in NYI and youth ministry but then also begin to take responsibilities in churches and on the district and, and so now you can see many of them are pastors and many of them are district leaders and that's really exciting and that's not just happening in Cuba that's all over our region and to be able to, to, to see how they are raising their families and leading the church that's really exciting and, um, when I was when I came first, I was kind of the guy that would go everywhere and do everything. But over those years, I've been able to train people. Now I'm not the guy. I'm one of the guys and gals. I'm one of the people on our ministry team uh -huh. that oversee ministries and countries and over groups of countries. And it's great to see the progression and the development. And uh, it truly is amazing how God is working across, you know, in our church across uh, the region. Yeah, that's great. What are some ways that we can be be praying for you as you go to train and equip? I, I assume the the travel aspect has been a little bit <laughs> lessened over the course of the last twelve months. Um, how can we be praying for the people, uh, our brothers and sisters who live and worship in the Mesoamerican region? Yeah, when we were talking about what my what I do, I kind of left that part out uh, in this last year of COVID. Uh, it's been much different. Obviously, I'm not traveling from place to place. Rather, I am uh, Zooming. I'm, I'm connecting through uh, the internet to, to do all this this training and stuff. And so that's created a lot of interesting dynamics. Um, some of you who are watching this, you you know what it's like to be isolated. You know what it's like to to not have that that fellowship and that community in your church at times. And our people are are struggling with that right now. Um, they're being faced with with being disconnected from each other. We don't have internet in every place. And so while we do, mm -hmm. our, our people are doing some amazing things online, uh, creative uh, lessons, uh, discipling, uh, ministering, connecting online. But many of our people, in fact, the majority of our people don't have internet access. Mm -hmm. And so people are being isolated and they're, and they're trying to, and, and so our churches are faced with the continual a challenge of how do I connect with my neighbor? How do I reach out to people? How do we take care of the little ones? How do we continue um, uh, helping them grow and, and, and to disciple them? And so that's, please be praying for us as we 
continue to figure out what this is. Also, people are struggling with fatigue. Of, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do all of this. It's hard to be uh, disconnected and, and all of these things. And so our people, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a fatigue of, of that. Also, please pray for me. I'm going nuts. I got. I need to get out there. I mean, being <laughs> stuck in the house, and I have 32 countries out there that I'm used to roaming around and, and enjoying. And we have. I have a great beach ministry. I mean, did I say beach? <laughs> I mean, that we. There's just some great, you know, amazing people in great countries, and it's just hard to be sitting here in my house doing this kind of, you know, communication. So, I'm thankful for for technology, but I'm also you know it's it's really hard to be to not be able to be face to face with people shaking their hand giving them a hug and teaching them eyeball to eyeball um probably another big prayer request would be for my poor wife because i'm not traveling any, right. you know to be <laughs> I was gonna say, maybe we should be praying for bethany right for stir crazy please, monty please do oh, but uh, no we're really excited about what god is doing across our region and we see this as a Yes, it's harder, but it also provides a lot more opportunities than we've had, you know, in the past. More people are are having are are we're able to reach other people that we've never been able to reach before. And so we're excited about that. And but we just want to make sure this is God's that God is directing us in the things that we're doing. It's not just our own ideas. And and so we really need need strength and um, understanding and wisdom. Um, financially, many of our people are struggling because, you know, when you shut down an economy where people live day to day, it's it's hard. You know, there's no savings to fall back on. There's no um, stimulus package or check coming from the government. They they're just stuck, and it, it's really hard for people. And our pastors are having our churches are having a hard time paying their pastors, and it's just it's been really hard. So, and then health wise, many of our people don't live close to access have access to good hospitals, and so if they get sick. It's pretty tough, and so please be praying for those various, those various things. Absolutely, we will. Um, so part of our our goal and emphasis here, uh, as we um, are are taking time to to evaluate our missions partnerships that we have, not only locally but globally. Um, as we talk about globally, much of our our connection is through the Church of Nazarene and. Uh, through a, a fund that we call WEF, or World Evangelization Fund. Uh, and uh, as a missionary, I, I just wanted to ask, how have you and your ministry been supported by WEF, and why is it important? And, and donations for WEF come from churches from all over the globe now. It's not like it's just coming from churches in America, but why is it important for all Nazarene churches to be faithful in, in contributing to this fund? Yeah, uh, thank you for giving, because... Your, your missions giving through the World Evangelism Fund, that's what makes it possible for me to be your missionary. That's what made it possible for me to be here. That's what pays my salary and my health care. And, and, and it, it's, that's where the funds come for me to, to travel and to teach and to disciple and to help and to develop the literature and to do all the things we do. It comes from the World Evangelism Fund. So, so thanks for doing that. And yes, it's a, it, churches of the Nazarene all over the world share in this, uh, in giving and helping every Nazarene church wants to be a part and not everybody can give the same amounts. I know that it's, you know, like I said, some of our churches are struggling to pay their pastors, but they're wherever churches all over are doing all they can to contribute to this. And we're not asking for equal amount to be given. We're asking for equal sacrifice and people all over the world are sacrificing so that they can send missionaries uh, like my family all over the world. And so thank you for your giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. It makes it possible for us to do 
what we do. I know that not everybody can go out as missionaries, but everybody can help support missions. And so thank you for making it possible. Thank you for sending us. Absolutely. Um, sometimes in my my worldview, I, I kind of put my head down. We kind of put the blinders on to all the things that, that go around, at least I do. Um, and, I, and I guess I just wanted to ask, as, as American Nazarenes, uh, what what else do we need to, to know about the work of the Church of Nazarene around the world that, that maybe we're not aware of? Maybe we we need to be reminded today of of what the, the Nazarene Church is able to do because of our connectedness. Yeah, it's it truly is. Uh, it's exciting to see what the church looks like because we're no longer an American church. We are a global international church. We spread across the globe, 162 countries officially lots of others that aren't official. And um, the majority of Nazarenes are actually outside the United States. Uh, right now, the Church of Nazarene has about 2.5 million people worldwide. And the majority of those are outside the U.S. Here in the, in the Mes- American region, we have almost 450,000 Nazarenes. And so um, we are a global church. And missionaries are not just Americans anymore. We have we have missionaries from our region. We, there are, we have missionaries from all over the world and even missionaries coming from other parts of the world to the United States to serve and to help in whatever way they can in the various cultures there. And so we are definitely a global international church and uh, that connectedness uh, help and that those networks makes it possible for us to get into places where we never thought we could, to have to have access to resources we never thought we could. It, it, it's truly a, 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 a privilege, a pleasure to be a part of, a, of such a worldwide global uh, organizational caring and loving and ministry. Awesome. Well, that's great. I just want to thank you for taking time to be with us uh, in our church service uh, this morning. Um, and thanks for taking time to, to, to record an interview. I'd like the, the chance to pray for you and for your family uh, and your ministry, if I may, before we close up. Great. Thanks. Lord, we just want to lift uh, Monty up to you. Thank you for the work that he is doing uh, amongst these uh, 32 countries. Uh, what, what, a, what a broad uh, scope of ministry and, and a broad uh, range of people and, and cultures in which to serve. And so I just thank you for the work that he's doing. I, I'm also grateful that through uh, the connectedness of a tribe called Nazarenes, we can, we can participate with him. We can share a bit in the ownership of what, what he does and what the church does Uh, not only in the Mesoamerica region, but around the world. Uh, And so thank you for uh, that ability to be able to to participate with uh, and to see the kingdom of God uh, be advanced and and grow through the ministry of our brothers and sisters. Um, I just want to pray for Monty and Bethany, particularly in this unique season, uh, as they've kind of been... um, uh, he, Monty's not been able to, to travel as much as he normally does and, and to see people face to face would you just bless his ministry and give him wisdom and insight and how to uh, to serve in these days uh, and we pray for the people the people throughout this region that, that are learning and are ex- excited to grow and wanting to become uh, better, better equipped to serve you and to serve the church uh, help Monty to know how to how to train them and how to equip them for service. Uh, and may you just bless their ministry and may there be uh, significant fruit uh, as, as those trained leaders then go back to their 
to their neighborhoods and to their towns to, to preach and to teach and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, be with him and Bethany in these days, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I appreciate our friendship. Trent, value you, and it's been great. Uh, we'll see you again. Awesome. Thank you so much, Monty. Have a great one. Thanks, you too. So that's my friend, Monty. A couple of highlights. Hundreds of missionaries around the world. Some who were coming back to America. Missionaries sent into America from, from four nations. We are a global church. Uh, 160, over 160 world areas that the Church of the Nazarene is in and ministering to and serving in. So thank you for letting me take the time to, to show that. Um, now, Monty being in Guatemala City, teaching and training people in 32 different countries. Um, what a what a wide uh, variety of cultures to to deal with. A, a little bit different than us here in Mountain Home. <laughs> we have different cultures here too, but not 32 uh, countries worth. Uh, but uh, as we give and as we're connected to the, to the Church of the Nazarene, we help support the different works that the, the Church of the Nazarene uh, is involved in. So I want to encourage you today, um, as we talk about these partnerships, to to get involved. Um, and certainly, um, I the, I know that this is a season in which um, there are there are struggles that that families are having in these days, and yet I also want to say that the mission of the church is important, and it's important to get involved. and And we're set up in a way in which every dollar that we uh, receive, some of that support goes to what Monty was talking about: the World Evangelization Fund or WEF. Uh, and so. Uh, if if you've never given and wanna wanna be involved, I just encourage you to to explore what that might look like. How could you get involved and in, and to give um, give some? If you if you've given some, what does it look like to give regularly? Um, sometimes in the church we talk about a tithe. Uh, the the scripture calls us to say to to tithe what we have back to the Lord, and what that means or what how that's traditionally been taught is to give a tenth of what you earn back to God uh, in service to, to the church. Um, and so uh, 10, 10% is a huge number if you've never given, and I wouldn't say start there. I would say start with what you can. Uh, maybe it's at, at a lower amount. Maybe it's at occasional giving. But the goal is to get up uh, and to be, to be faithful to what God has called us to. Um, we used to do this program called Faith Promise. Does anybody remember Faith Promise giving uh, pushes, right? And so speaker would come in and we would do pledge cards. Um, we're not doing that here uh, at this time. Um, I was talking to Monty about that. Instead, what we'd say is, hey, just a, we're going to commit a certain percentage. And what we've committed is, is 8% of what we give or, or what we receive as a church, we're going to give that away. 8% of every, every dollar that we get, 8 cents of that is going to go away to other, other um, places of ministry. Now, 5.5% of that automatically goes to WEF, what we were talking about. And the other 2.5%, we kind of set aside for more of our local partnerships. I want to tell you, I want to try to get our church up to 10% because we feel like that's what God has called us to do. And that's what we ask our families to do. But if you've never given, don't start at 
<laughs> work yourself into that and say, what is God leading me? What, what's possible and what's sustainable now? Uh, and then work towards that, just like the church is doing, just like we're trying to do. Uh, and so uh, I just want to encourage you today to be involved uh, and to find a way to serve, not only locally, not just here, and that's so important, but also globally. And, and there's a way to do that through the Church of the Nazarene, and we're, we're set up to support that.